0: So like last month, I took the whole month off and completely unplugged and revenue went up, which is kind (laughs) of humbling. Like (laughs) the company doesn't need me. I always want to be bulletproof, right? Right. I never want to be dependent on any person. It's always about the system, the system, the system. Can anyone with enough heart
1: and drive run the system? It's not going to be dependent on anyone else. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand, October 26, 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us, ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Systems and automation, systems and automation, systems and automation. We hear about it all the time. We want to implement them into our businesses, but how is the question that always comes up in our entrepreneurial minds. For those of you that need and want to automate your business even more, you're going to love today's guest. Mark Podolsky is the founder of LandGeek.com, Frontier Equity Properties. He's the host of three different podcasts built his own SaaS products to automate his businesses, and built an outsourcing team in the Philippines that runs on its own. Mark is a master at creating large-scale automated businesses where he only works three days a week, and he can take off a month at a time whenever he wants. Today, we'll dive into how Mark did this, and he gives us a huge list of software and programs he uses and recommends. You're gonna love this show, guys. And Without further ado, let's welcome Mark. Chris Reynolds, uh, Pulse is
0: Normal. Respiration's fine. I can't complain. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you.
1: And I, I completely believe you when you say your pulse is normal and respiration is fine because when we started this call, listeners, Mark had his video on and he's actually walking on his treadmill as he's recording this podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, sitting's a new smoking. <laughs> I, I I love it.
1: How often do you work and walk on your treadmill?
0: Well, I you know, it's funny. Um I had a Fitbit, and I got so obsessive about, you know, getting my fifteen thousand steps in by noon. I had to get rid of it. So I'm, I, I literally, you know, work and walk all day, and it's like the opposite. Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll sit for, you know, ten minutes every hour or something. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: going. So, do you find that that enhances your concentration and productivity?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I love it. And I, I've been doing it for years. Really? And um I think I I work better, I think better. Um I have more energy when I when I'm walking and talking uh-huh. than if I'm just sitting.
1: And here's something that may be worth mentioning. You're you, you just use for the podcast you're using a microphone in hand, correct? Correct. So you must have a pretty good microphone you're using.
0: Yeah, I've got the ATR twenty twenty, is that right?
1: Okay. I use the twenty one hundred. The audio tech Oh I yo, no, that's what I've got. I, I've the got same- the audio, yeah. Yeah, oh. i got the
0: audio twenty one hundred. I
1: think, think yours sounds better than mine now for some reason. I don't know. I, I don't know I don't that's know. That's interesting. What type of room are you in? Uh
0: I actually converted my garage into an office. I'm in the gar office.
1: <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> <A> so, jam- <laughs> you better so coin in, that. I'm in Somebody's air gonna take garage. that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to take that if you don't coin that, Mark. <laughs> yeah. i in mean, the garofas. Cool. Well, we're excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I saw your YouTube video and I wanted to definitely reach out and get you on the show because I think a lot of the things that you do and you talk about and you promote can help a lot of the entrepreneurs um, that are out there. So right now we're doing a a series of podcasts, Mark, for seven-figure entrepreneurs that have businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And you talk a lot about automation and systems and process for entrepreneurs. And I know there's a lot of people out there in the hustle all around the world that are building those six- and seven-figure businesses. And you also have dabbled a lot in real estate and land and running podcasts yourself. So you've done a lot of stuff, but are based in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm just curious, why did you choose Phoenix?
0: You know, I grew up in St. Louis. Ah. And so, you know, if you're, for those Midwesterners, you know, the, the weather changes every hour, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they, the joke is if you don't like the weather, just wait an hour. And um, there was something about when... Uh, we were out here visiting uh, my wife's uh, parents years and years ago, and it just, you know, you'd wake up, and of course it was March, and it was just sunny all day, and your day would never get ruined by weather, and it was young and growing, and uh, I told my wife, I'm like, let's, let's move there. I, I, I didn't love my job at the time, and,
1: uh, and she's like, no. I said, oh, come on, let's just give it, you know, a year. We've been here ever since. So you and I have more in common than we talked about earlier. I grew up actually outside of Kansas City and moved to Arizona, lived there four and a half years or so, was into real estate and was involved in real estate back then. But I then left and moved to Costa Rica and started traveling around the world. And you're right. Phoenix is a cool city. Like it is and and people don't think about it like that. They think of of it just a city in a desert, but it's a very cool, it's very hip. When I was there in the late two thousands, very up and coming, still and growing. A lot of entrepreneurs there, a lot of things happening for open minded people that are growing. And so and it's a very fun place to be if you like outdoor activities too. Like Camelback Mountains in your backyard pretty much, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. Mark tell us about you, man. I want to learn more. Okay. So when I, you know, my entrepreneurial journey
0: started with being miserable, (laughs) um, I was a miserable investment banker and, uh, I was doing mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups and nothing crazy, you know, enterprise value of, let's say, uh, 50 to 500 million, right? Middle market stuff. Mm -hmm. And, I had no control and I was micromanaged and I had a 45-minute commute to work and back and because we were working on the East Coast, I had to get there super early. And uh, it was it got to the point, like, I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. Mm-hmm. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going <laughs> by really fast and having to be working Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he tells me that On the side, he's going to these tax deed auctions, and he's buying up raw land, and he's flipping them online and making 300% returns on his investment. Wow. And I'm looking at companies all day. I mean, Chris, a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Mm -hmm. Your average company's at 10%. I'm looking at companies all day less than 10%. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the Show Me State. I don't believe him. Mm-hmm. So we go out. I've got like three grand saved up for car repairs, and I've never bought any real estate uh, except for my house up to that point. And you know, I just did exactly what he said to do. I I, I bid on these properties. I bought ten properties at an average price of three hundred dollars each. I put them up online the next week. And I sold them all for an average price of over twelve hundred dollars. It worked. Wow. So. So I did it again. I went to a, an auction. This is in New Mexico. I went to an auction in Arizona. And there's no one in the room. This is in 2000. And I took all that money, reinvested it, bought up properties for nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. And I sold all those in the next six months. I made over $90,000. Wow. So I, go, so I go to my wife. I'm like, honey, I think I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> and I'm going to invest in land full time. And she said, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm like, all right, fine. And so I worked part-time in land uh, for 18 months mm-hmm. until the land investing income exceeded my investment banking income, and then I quit in 2001. I've been doing it full-time ever since. And, and I love it because you know, your listeners will, will really love the, the fact that I, I can do this from anywhere in the world. All I need is an internet connection and an inexpensive computer, and I'm in business. I don't have to go out anymore and look at the land. Uh software automation systems processes uh you know Google Maps. It's unbelievable. It's the best time ever to be an entrepreneur today with the technology. So like last month, uh I took the whole month off and completely unplugged and revenue went up, which is kinda <laughs> humbling. Like <laughs> the company doesn't need me. So, so it, that was that was interesting. What'd you do with your month off, Mark? So um, obviously, because it's you know July in um, in Phoenix is brutal. It's very hot. So uh, we went to Newport Beach, California, and then we went to San Francisco, and then we went to L.A. and Santa Monica, and we just hit California. And um, it, you know, it was it was fantastic. Now the kids have to be back at school.
1: Catch gotcha. We're back. And you also have built a SaaS business too. Is that related to the land, the the land business as well?
0: Yeah. So I had
1: to sort of scratch my own itch, uh-huh.
0: and there wasn't a good program or a good system out there to manage notes. So the way my my model works is, you know, let's say Chris that you owe a hundred dollars in back taxes on a piece of land in, um, in let's say Arizona, right, uh-huh. and and you live in, are you in Costa Rica right now? No, I'm in Barcelona, Spain. Okay, so, okay, so you're in Barcelona. So I see on the tax roll, oh, that's, that's nice, by the way. And uh, so I, I see uh, on the tax roll, oh, Chris owes $100 back taxes. And, and he lives in Barcelona, Spain as your tax mailing address. So I look at the comps and all I do is divide by four. That gets me to 300%. And I send you an offer for your property because you're already advertising to me. You don't want the property anymore, mm-hmm. right? And you have no you know, emotional connection to that raw land. You're in Barcelona. The property's in Arizona. So 3 to 5% of people will accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer. We go through our due diligence, make sure that you, know, you actually own the property, the back taxes aren't too high, there's no breaks in the chain of title, there's legal access, all this good stuff. And then we buy it. And then we immediately sell it at a 300 to 1,000% return. Now, the way that I do it is that I want to do it on owner financing. So I want to get my money out on the down payment and then finance that parcel for, say, five to 10 years on like a car payment. right? Mm-hmm. Well, to manage that process, there wasn't a good software program out there that was web-based that would do the amortization schedules and and calculate the interest and let the borrower log in and see what, how much they owed and do prepayment. So I created that, that business myself and now uh, it's called GeekPay. And so it's, it's really, you know if you're an orthodontist or a lawyer or, or you know, somebody that does big cases and, and has to you know, do any kind of financing, mm-hmm. it's really, I think, the best system out there right now.
1: So, Mark, like, tell us what you love. I can tell you're like a master of automation and systems and and processes. What do you love about creating those around businesses? I
0: I think I love the the challenge of can I create a system and can I communicate a process that my 12-year-old daughter could understand, Hmm. right? So that's how I know it's a good system. And until that's sort of whittled down, you know, so, you know, it's, it's like almost like writing, um, you know, a dra- like, 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 a, like a term paper, if you will. Right. So your first draft is, is terrible. Right. No yeah. one understands what you're trying to communicate. It's, you know, there's lots of extraneous words and then you kind of whittle it down and just to its basic essence so that anyone can understand it. And that's how I know I have a good system because I always want to be bulletproof, right? right? I never want to be dependent on any person. It's always about the system, the system, the system. Can anyone with with you know just enough heart and drive and you know you know run the system, right? It's right. not going to be dependent on anyone else. Um, and and talent. So that's that for me is is a fun challenge. And uh, I really get into it and um, I'll do videos, I'll do, uh, you know, screenshots. Um, I'll make it so that it's just so, so clear and so simple. And then I know that once I created that, I've eliminated that task for the rest of my life. So it's very motivating for me to have that freedom forever. So I don't mind sort of like getting into that work. And then I give myself a 30 to one rule, right? Okay. So let's say, for example, that it takes me 10 minutes to do that task, right? I'll I'll multiply that by 30, and I'll then budget that training time to teach somebody how to t- get rid of that 10 minutes for the rest of my life.
1: What do you see, Mark, a lot of entrepreneurs missing when it comes to setting up systems in their business?
0: I, I think that they are running so fast that they're just in the wood. They're in the weeds, right? Yeah. And they don't step back enough um, and with clarity see where, they, where they're the bottleneck. Um, because for years I was a bottleneck in so many different places in my businesses. And it wasn't until I, I forced myself to step back, you know, of course, I, I, you know, I, I hired uh, a, a, a consultant to help me do this. Um, and And step back and just okay here you know, and just kind of break down the entire business chain and do that, and then start creating the systems and processes and actually budgeting that time like you would a sales call, because I think when you're when you're first starting're you're, you're so focused on on revenue and revenue and sales and customer service you you forget
1: how important it is to get yourself out of that business. Are there any automation tools out there, Mark, that you? Would recommend, and I know this is uh, a challenging question because there's so many different types of entrepreneurs out there. What are some key ones that you use that you would really recommend for other
0: entrepreneurs? You you know, what's so funny is I couldn't find a good virtual mailbox forever. Like, like it was so expensive. Yeah. Um. Every little like I was getting nickel and dimes with like a lot of these virtual mailboxes, and finally I found one that had a flat fee of 15 bucks a month, unlimited scans, and an app. So I could be anywhere in the world with my iPhone, and it's probably a private Android app too. And I could see the mail coming in, and I could just on my phone just say scan or deposit a check, which would be a fee, or or forward to my acquisition manager or whatever it is. But for the most part, you know, we're we're pretty paperless, so we just need scans. And it's it's phoenixdigitalmailbox.com, and uh, that has been a game changer because. I have a inexpensive VA go in every day and, and kind of scan the mail and they don't you know know what to do with it. For example, <laughs> to check like I want to look at the checks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, like you know, because we do a lot of mailings, they'll go in and and they'll get the bad mailings and then they'll go to binverified.com, get the good address and then you know put that back into our software system. So Phoenix Digital Mailbox, I, I really I think is the best. Um, virtual mailbox out there right now, um, and now if you have to have a, a different you know address i don 't know try to try to find one that uses this smart scan app that they use yeah so so that 's that 's one the second one that i 'm running my business out of, so you know all these crms yeah um, so i couldn 't find one that I really loved, so I created one and it's costing me nothing, actually, <laughs> after the development <laughs> cost. So, you know, it's one of those things like, how can I get rid of this uh, subscription for the rest of my life? So, we developed this thing in Airtable. So, if you're not using Airtable, um, really start looking into that. What is that it? That could be a game changer. It's like, imagine if uh, a database and a spreadsheet uh, had a baby together. hmm and then had all these integrations with Zapier and um, and all these automations. I'm automating my business out of Airtable.
1: Okay. So you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll love Airtable. Okay. We'll put the link for that in the show notes too. What's a funny story or kind of crazy story you have around having some type of automation disaster? Oh, my gosh.
0: Funny. I mean, I don't find them funny,
1: Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it could be crazy slash disastrous.
0: Crazy disastrous. I mean, I don't. Nothing's really coming to mind as far as like a total disaster. I mean, there'll be there'll be times when I'll I'll create like a Zapier integration, Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll fail, and then I'll be like, oh, that was you know, I screwed that one up, and I messed that up. Um, I do remember that. Uh, I had a faulty system with my podcast. So I, I have three podcasts and I have a system that I created. I was, I was dependent on this woman on fiverr.com, uh-huh. which, you know, if you're not using fiverr, like it's, it's fantastic for a little task. But I had this recurring thing and, like, and it just didn't make any sense that I'd have to keep going into fiverr, fiverr, fiverr and upload the stuff. And, and that was just, I was like, why am I doing this? And then finally, um, I got smart and uh, with Libsyn, uh, it was able to, uh, in and a, and a, you know, uh, my assistant, um, and so a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll outsource my outsourcing. So I'll have my, uh, my assistant actually, you know, in tandem create the systems and do the training now. Okay. So that kind of allows me to even be more freed up from that. So, um, I guess that was, was a kind of a, a disaster in the beginning. with yeah. just my, my podcast system.
1: Okay, so I think this is a, a, a good takeaway for the listeners. When you're outsourcing, you're outsourcing. How does that process work? How are you training your trainers to teach your out? the new outsourcers the process of your business or whatever tasks they have?
0: Right, so we'll have a weekly meeting so I, I sort of time or I sort of day theme my days, right? So Mondays and Fridays, I take off. That's like sort of, you know, time for my wife and I to enjoy each other and, you know, go on dates and do whatever we want because okay. I've got three kids. So Tuesdays are podcasts, Wednesdays are meetings, and Thursdays are client meetings. So on Wednesdays, when I'm having my team meetings, those, that's the day when I'll sit or I'll, actually I'll stand and walk That <laughs> a zoom call mm-hmm. and we'll go through the process together. And then if she has any questions, that's the time to ask the questions. And then, you know, there will just be sort of a, a daily report in, um, you know, either in base camp, uh, or podio or some type of system, we, you know, whatever we are using at that time. And, you know, I'll just ask, you know, what challenges did you have today? What did you get done today? What, you know, is there anything else you need clarification on? And you know, typically not. So uh, she's great with doing that. And then we'll, you know, I I'm very patient. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the next week I'll we'll have that call again. I'll I'll see what she created and we'll kinda you know refine it some more and we'll talk about the VA she hired and and um and go from there. So We've gotten so good at training these VAs and we have such good VAs now in the Philippines. We actually uh bought I shouldn't say bought, we actually rented uh a space for them with really good internet. And nice. so um, we're growing that because what we're doing now is we're uh actually creating like a VA service just for my land investing people because you know, it's been such a pain point for them to go out and try to hire VAs and train VAs. Like, yeah, if I'm so good at it, why don't I just offer it as a service? So that's what we're doing
1: now. How are you finding your VAs in the Philippines?
0: So the, the, our top VA, the Philippines, um, is a really hardworking, uh, faith-based guy. Okay. Right. So he's recruiting people from his church nice. that are kind of like him. And so, uh, uh, Danielle, my assistant, vets them and you know gives them some, a couple of tests to do. We see how they how they work, um, and what their attitude is like, and you know, kind of trial by fire. And then if they're working out, we keep them.
1: What would you say the turnover rate is?
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> um,
1: a lot of you know. it's funny is I get protected from a lot of the, A lot of the headache stuff. Yeah, now I don't. I don't hear about, yeah. Mark, what are some good recommendations for entrepreneurs out there to let go of the control and hire an assistant to manage your VAs or to let go of their control over some type of automation system that they have in their business and step away and let either the system or the VAs or employees kind of run with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it is just a mindset of well, if I can do it, I'm not that special, right? Yeah. Um, and there's probably somebody out there that if they if they focus, and I teach them really well, they'll be able to do it as well as me, if not better. And and then that becomes your job. You're then you you kind of you know it's not like you know there's a difference between abdicating and delegating, right? So entrepreneurs that abdicate—that's—that's that's not good, right? Um, you hear stories about entrepreneurs that go away for three months; they don't check in with anybody, and next thing you know, like their business is gone to hell. Like that's abdicating, right? right? Delegating is—you know—you still stay in there. Um, you're leading, you're managing, you're motivating, uh, but you're—you're you're not doing the actual work, right? So you kind of have to think, okay, well what is Richard Schultz at Starbucks doing all day? He's not whipping up the Frappuccinos, right? right? So if you're not working on the strategy and growing the business, you're not breaking something every day. You're not really an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, you're a freelancer and that might be great, but then don't call yourself an entrepreneur, right? And don't, you know, don't listen to the entrepreneur house, listen to the freelancer house podcast. <laughs> so, you know, an entrepreneur builds something bigger than themselves. And if you're not doing that, then you need to figure out. Okay, I have to do this, and it's messy. It's not like turning on a light switch. It's um, you have to take the time to do it, and you have to embrace the suck of it because you will get a lot of people. You're gonna have to understand, like it's hard. You're gonna kiss a lot of frogs before you find that that prince or princess that that really works out. But once they you find that person, it's amazing what. The, the business can do and how you can grow and get to the next level. There's no way to get to the next level without automating in, uh, outsourcing and outsourcing and delegating.
1: Right, I completely agree. What are some signs that you need to start doing some more automation and some more delegating or some more hiring and outsourcing?
0: Anytime that you're personally frustrated with something, uh-huh. <laughs> like <laughs> if I have to do this one more time, I'm gonna pull my hair out. Right. Uh, that's a good sign. Uh listen to the frustration for sure. I I mean I remember I had to uh uh every month my bookkeeper would be like, Okay Mark, uh go ahead and, and upload your bank statements to me. And I'm uploading the bank statements every month. I'm like, Oh my god, and I have like you know, I've got three companies, I've got all these accounts. Um I use the profit first method, which if you're not familiar with it, it's a lot of accounts, right? Okay. And um so I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So sure enough, there's a an app called uh, File This, right? And it automates it with my bank. And so all it does, is it downloads the statements um, into a Dropbox folder. I share that Dropbox folder with her and voila, done. it's done. It's... But for the longest time, I wasn't even <laughs> looking for that
1: solution. What are some more of your favorite automation tools that you use? So File This
0: for bookkeeping is great. Um... I know that uh, our team is using Trello for, yeah. uh, for team communication. For my, for my clients, I like to use Basecamp. It's really simple uh, for them. Um, let's see. What else do I love? I mean, I'm really high on Airtable right now. If, you're not, you, know, if you just need a spreadsheet and you're not a big Excel person, um, I, I really like Smartsheet. Smartsheet's been really nice as well. Uh, Slack is obviously, you know, can be fantastic. Um, what else do I like? I, you know what I, I, I really like right now for marketing automation mm-hmm. is ManyChat.com. Check mm-hmm. out ManyChat. Have you, seen, have, you, have you seen that? No. What does it do? So it's a bot, it's a Facebook bot. So, you know, it used to be the, the, in the days with marketing, you know, we'd get all these mailers, right? right? And now we all get, you know, we throw out the junk mail. Um, and there's like a, want a 0.5% response rate on direct mail. Right. So like it's, it's tough. So, you know, companies like Constant Contact and Aweber and Infusionsoft came out like, okay, we, you know, let's do email. Email became the big thing. So now email automation marketing. Well, now with Google and filters and, um, people are, are you know, they're, <laughs> they're inundated with email, right? The new thing now are these chatbots. Yeah, and especially Facebook Messenger. So you go on Messenger, and no one can can ignore that little badge on their phone that says they've got a message. <laughs> especially from I know, Facebook, I, it's like <laughs> especially from Facebook. Yeah. So many chat is like you know um, a marketing automation in Facebook, hmm. and so and you can make it really fun. Um, and our click through rates on that are are like ninety percent, as opposed to like you know. 15 to 20% open rates on email.
1: Yeah, I've seen, I've actually seen a lot of people using that. Russell Bronson is using that a lot. They're promoting it, not the software, but the bots in general. And I think it's a really great idea. I have another partnership that I run with a guy who's an entertainer in the rodeo world back in the US. And I need that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because our team is kind of responding just to every Facebook message that comes up. And I think we need some bots that can kind of communicate to all the people. Yeah, out there. yeah, absolutely. How, how about any other automation apps?
0: Any yeah, Other automation or systems. Um, you- I mean, IFTT is great. great. Zapier. If you're not using Zapier every day, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really, I, I, don't know what, what to tell you. <laughs> like, it's Zapier is the best money I've ever spent on anything. Really? Okay. It's a, it's amazing.
1: How about automation or systems for your for your podcast?
0: So, for the podcast, um, you know, what we're doing with that is we're using Libsyn, um, which does a, like 90% of it now because, you know, we put the podcast out and then Libsyn sort of, you know, puts that everywhere yeah. um, as far as like uh, disseminating it. But as far as the actual, you know, uh, you know, taking the file, which... Um, you know, so I'll record it in Zoom. So then that file will go and then my assistant will go in. She'll download that file. She'll send it to our VA. Our VA will then transcribe it. And then um, we have a a U.S.-based writer that will write up the post um, in Libsyn. And then uh, from there, it gets uploaded. So it's... We, you know it's it's not too complicated with like automating um but it's it, it works really well.
1: Do you have somebody edit it?
0: Yeah, and they uh, yeah. oh I'm sorry, no the actual podcast like yeah. no, I don't I it's all raw. Oh cool. Okay. Yeah, I think it's more authentic that way.
1: You're running three podcasts now, right? How often do you guys post or publish?
0: Well, you know, we have so I get sick of that, my own podcast. So like the first one was the Land Geek podcast, the second one was the best passive income model podcast, mm-hmm. and I got tired of that one. Um, and so now that this was the art of passive income podcast, so that's the only one that's really active right now. Okay. So we you know we post uh, once a week, but the way that we do it is like I'm, you know, I could probably stop podcasting now for the next six months and I'd be okay. Nice. So we stay way ahead of it. You publish once a week then. Publish okay. once a week, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, twice a week, twice a week. We have a roundtable podcast that's actually um, more in real time.
1: What advice, Mark, would you give the location-independent entrepreneurs out there that are bouncing around the world, setting up their businesses? Maybe they have a SaaS business. Maybe they have e-commerce store. Maybe they do events. Maybe they do podcasts. What advice would you give those entrepreneurs – to prepare them for say the next 5 to 10 years of entrepreneurship
0: so to prepare them for the next 5 to 10 years so i always think to myself you know if everything's going to change what's not going to change and you know kind of focus on that fundamental you know value proposition of your business and get it really really tight and really really strong because you know, things are just going to get better and easier and more automated and, and um, you know, the technology is going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. But if your core business sort of, uh, you know, value proposition is going to get uh, is, isn't solid. Right. And that's where you want to start thinking, OK, in the next five, 10 years, if everything's going to change, what's not going to change and really fortify that part of your business? And one more question, Mark. What's your superpower? My superpower. I my superpower actually is I can take cold showers now. Yeah. And Me too. not, yeah, not be cold. I can go in <laughs> cold water and not be cold. Um, I did the Wim Hof method. Oh yeah. And uh, did you do it?
1: No, no, I haven't done it actually. Um, I have a workout buddy that's partner friends with Wim. Yeah, we talk about him a lot, but I, I'm curious to hear more about your experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. So that's that's my that's my new superpower method. My my wife thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> no, no, she's just like, please don't share this with the kids. What you're doing?
1: <laughs> so I take cold showers too. I love them, and I'm curious. Like, how do you prepare yourself mentally for cold showers and that transition period of going from thinking it's crazy to now enjoying them and doing them on a regular basis?
0: Boy, that's a good question. I I enjoy them so much now. It's I I don't even have to prepare mentally anymore. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's like it's not cold enough. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know how cold it gets here. Like, I've got a swimming pool, and I I'll start swimming in, in like December. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the water's in, in the fifties or, or low sixties. Like, I I swim in that just to kind of get things going. But, um. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, for me, it's like, uh, you know, I, well, I heard this great quote, discipline equals freedom. Yeah. And then the more discipline I have, the, I think the more freedoms I have. And um, so it's just part of my my, my disciplined regimen of, you know, waking up and I'll, you know, I'll stretch, I'll work out, I'll meditate for 20 minutes I take my cold shower. I have my bulletproof coffee, and I get on the treadmill. Start working.
1: How long do you walk on that treadmill? You, you do eight hours on the treadmill a day? No,
0: I, I probably probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, probably five to six hours.
1: And how many miles a day are you walking? No,
0: I, I don't. I don't track it anymore because I was getting a little obsessive with it.
1: <laughs>
0: see, I see, like you know, like I think I'm disciplined. My wife will tell you I have, I have OCD.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of automated in a way. Like you know, you're automating your health by just walking on a treadmill, not thinking about it, getting exercise, and working at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something that um, I try to do. Is you know. I forget what book I read. It's a great book. Cal Newport. Um, what was that book? He, I just read it like three months ago. It was really deep work. Oh yeah. deep Work is great. And so, you know, the, you know, we get decision fatigue throughout the day. Yeah. So the fewer decisions I have to make, the better, Like right? The less I have to think about, you know, what I'm going to do in the morning, what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to eat, you know, what my workout's going to be. Like, it's just kind of like this, this is a system. Um, you know the the better decisions I can make during the day when I really have to make a real decision do you, do you find that out do you find that chris
1: i I think you're right actually i've never I've never observed myself, but I think you're absolutely right without a doubt like I'm reading essentialism right now, and so my goal is actually to sleep more because I'm like six hours six and a half hours that's all I need work twelve hours I'm happy you know i and there was a quote in essentialism that said. Listen, if you're an A-type person that wants to take on all these opportunities as much as possible, I'm going to give you something hard to do. Say no to the next opportunity and take a nap. First, I was thinking to myself, why would I do that? That's crazy. And then I thought to myself, that's really actually hard for people like us. Like to say no to something, for one, especially if it's a good opportunity or something that you really need to work on. And then two, just to stop in the middle of the day and take a nap. That's kind of, you know, we think that's crazy for the most part, but he was saying the same thing. The more sleep you're going to get, the clearer your mind's going to be, and the more fresh your mind will be to make those important decisions when you need it.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I actually uh, I, I read a book by uh, the chess guy, um, Bobby. Remember the Bobby yeah, Fisher? It was, yeah, it was searching for Bobby Fisher. Yeah. Josh Waitzkin. Yeah, that's it. So Josh Waitzkin is uh, is one of these, you know you know big thinkers and um kind of crazy guy but he, what he would do is like 6 in the afternoon he would write down what he wants what's what problem he wants his subconscious to solve that night
1: oh nice
0: and so i started doing that and it was really interesting what was what was coming out of that really um unfortunately i you know life kind of got in the way and i stopped doing it for a while um especially since i've been off for 3 days but um, I'd like to get back to that. You know, so if if you're an entrepreneur and you're kind of in the weeds and you know you don't know how to get to that next level, let your subconscious figure it out. Yeah. Right, write it down, and 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 see if you know having that intention. Um, you know, figuring out what, what comes up with it. I, you know, one of the funny things was like I had this opportunity and I was I had this you know potential new business partner, but I was, you know, the opportunity was going to be great, but I was just kind of like not that thrilled with the potential partner. Yeah. And so I kind of wrote down, you know, I wanted my subconscious mind to solve this for me. And that morning, I, it was just it was just clear, like just pass. Wow. Right. And, and there's this great quote, say no to everything. It's either no or hell yes. If it's not hell yes, yes. it's no.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so say that again. So one more time, just to, so everybody hears it again. You You write down at 6 p.m. In, in the evening, what you want your subconscious to figure out by the yeah, next like day? What,
0: yeah, what, what problem would you like to solve for the next day? Okay.
1: why Is there a, a reason behind 6 p.m.? Can you do it at 8 p.m. or 10 p.m.? Well, he, does,
0: he doesn't want to start thinking about it in, into his nighttime ritual, right? Uh, okay. That's why. And the, yeah. I like um, that. I think he does a brain dump at night where he might write down all the things he got done that day. Mm-hmm. And get him out of his head, but um, I I don't think he he does. Yeah, there, there, I remember there was there was a reason. I think that was what it was. He wanted he he really wanted it out of his his conscious mind and into the subconscious. And the earlier he kind of got it, kind of there, the better for him.
1: That makes sense. Okay, Mark, we're going to wrap up. Anything else you want to share with the listeners? Any final uh, words of wisdom?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I love the, the Zig Ziglar quote. If if you'll do th- for the next three to five years what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. Perfect. I and so, but Chris, like, just selfishly, like, what's your favorite automation tool?
1: You know what I'm enjoying right now is I have a few, but right now I'm really happy with a thing called CrowdBoost, and it's c r w d b o o s t dot com. And working with this entertainer that I work with in the States, we've automated the follows and unfollows and the uh, uh, some of the communication on Instagram. And so CrowdBoost has done really well with zeroing in on your target audience and then making sure that you get followers that are part of the target audience. Now, some people kind of... Um, I don't think they frown upon it, but don't completely understand it, thinking that you may not get uh, an organic and a really specific targeted audience with it. And I've actually experienced from CrowdBoost that they're doing a really good job at getting our target audience to follow us. So that's what I like right now.
0: Very cool, CrowdBoost. Yeah, I love it.
1: And uh, Crowd, it's
0: actually, or is it? It's Crowd Booster crowd
1: booster. No, no, no. So there's crowd booster and that's something different. So oh. so crowd boost is c r w d without the o. boost.com. c r w d boost.com. Oh, they say about 1000 followers a month or so they can they can get you for 20 bucks. We've been getting more, which is great. Very cool. Yeah. Mark if the listeners want to reach out to you. Where's the best place they can do that at?
0: Uh the The landgeek.com.
1: Easy. And I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us, Mark. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it.
1: And listeners, thank you guys for joining us once again. We're going to sign off there, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved. The productivity skyrockets for the attendees and you'll get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, and co-working spaces. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, don't hesitate to contact us theentrepreneurhouse.com. We will respond as soon as we can. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.